This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy transition in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. The Environmental Protection Agency is set to release new rules this week that could dramatically cut the amount of greenhouse gas emissions in the power sector. On the heels of big wins with the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the Biden administration is set to propose ambitious limits on coal and gas-fired plants. Similar to the EPA's rules that govern tailpipe emissions from cars, these rules could be a big tool to address emissions from power plants. But there's likely to be any number of lawsuits from conservative states, legislators, and companies ready to test whether the EPA has jurisdiction to govern these emissions. And the Supreme Court did strike down the Obama administration's clean power plan. So what does that mean for these new regulations, and how likely are they to affect any meaningful change in the industry? Eight minutes. It's how long it takes the sun's rays to hit Earth, or about how long it takes the average coal plant to emit 76 and a half tons of carbon into the atmosphere. So yeah, there's a need to address that. Let's get it on. The Biden administration has some big wins on its hand with the passage of the IIJA and the IRA bills. Think of these as quote unquote carrot bills, offering up incentives in the way of tax breaks and cash grants in order to entice companies to decarbonize, to urge consumers to switch to electric vehicles, and for renewable energy developers to accelerate their deployment of clean power sources. And those legislative acts go a long way towards helping us as a country meet our emission reduction goals by 2030 and, more ambitiously, be net zero by 2050. But they don't get us all of the way there. And that's why the EPA regulations being proposed this week are such a big deal in the climate space. They have the potential to fill in one of the remaining big gaps in the puzzle, if it passes in federal court. See, power generation is still the second biggest contributor of greenhouse gas emissions next to transportation. For that matter, if we believe the growth forecast in electrification of vehicles, the power needed for transportation is likely to shift from gasoline to electricity and the power sector is going to be even that more important to decarbonize. So getting gas and coal plants on board is critical, and that's what the EPA ruling intends to do. Frankly, there's some precedent for how they're going about constructing this rule. See, coal facilities already throw a bunch of crap into our atmosphere to begin with. Sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxides, mercury, but each of those can be controlled through capture technology. Flue gas desulfurization scrubbers, for instance, capture SO2 right from the stack. Back in 1970, Congress passed the Clean Air Act, giving the EPA broad authority to regulate these and other emissions. And the result is that every coal facility out there has environmental control technology on them to reduce and remove these harmful outputs. But not for carbon. The Obama administration tried to change that in 2015 with the announcement of the Clean Power Plan. Under it, the Obama-era EPA tried to argue that the Clean Air Act gave it broad authority over any harmful greenhouse gas, including carbon. And so the CPP tried to insert itself at the state level, limiting the total amount of emissions allowed from power plants in a state, and theoretically allowing each state to decide where and how to reduce those emissions. If successful, independent analysis of the CPP suggested that it would have lowered our total countrywide emissions by 32%. Yeah, it was a big deal. And naturally, it led to a whole bunch of lawsuits. And for the first time ever, 
the Supreme Court didn't wait for an appeals court ruling before they ordered a halt on the implementation of the regulations while the legal battles played out, which meant that for the next three years or so, the legality of the CPP was caught up in the D.C. appeals court as they considered whether the EPA had overreached its authority. In a certain sense, that question was never definitively answered. President Trump effectively defunded and killed the CPP in 2018. But we're in a different administration now, and Biden has his eyes on learning from the failures of the CPP. Specifically, the EPA looks to be structuring these new rules with a far more narrow focus than how the CPP was written. The clean power plants focus was on setting a state-level emissions cap. What got it into the trouble with the Supreme Court in the first place? That was the first time that the EPA had tried a state-level anything, and it backfired on them. This week's rulemaking takes a different tack. These rules target the individual plants and require each facility to install the best available technology to capture and reduce carbon emissions. Similar in essence to what the EPA has authority to do around sulfur dioxide, mercury, and all those other harmful emissions. This just adds carbon to the list. But it also begs the question, do we have a best available technology to remove carbon? Anyone who listened to my carbon capture episode knows that the technology is still pretty nascent and frankly, still really expensive. The Biden administration is banking on the IRA and the IIJA and the monies those bills contribute to carbon capture to change that tide. CCUS could become viable within a few years and the EPA wants the ruling in place to require all fossil fuel plants to install those systems. CCUS won't be a nice to have it'll be a requirement. The implication? The Rhodium Group estimates that the dual legislative victories of the IIJA and IRA get us within striking distance of our 50% reduction goal by 2030. Those bills should get us a 40% reduction. The CPA ruling would take us over the top. It's big. But there's no guarantee that it'll survive the legal challenges that are coming its way. And with a Supreme Court that's heavily weighted towards conservatives, there's frankly no way to know whether the EPA will be able to administer these rules or not. The Biden administration has specifically structured this rulemaking based on the feedback and lessons learned from the CPP, but it still may not be enough. And frankly, even if it does pass, future administrations may find it politically expedient to rewrite and alter the intent of the regulations. Legislation is difficult to unwind, but agency rules are a little more malleable which is why Biden's rolling it out now. Sure, it'll look great on his resume as he launches into campaign season for 2024, but the reality is that unless he's granted a second term, these regulations may be unwound even without a judicial ruling. As strong as the IIJA and IRA have been in accelerating our transition to a cleaner, decarbonized economy, policymakers have always known that the carrot would eventually need a stick. Let's not beat around the bush. If this holds up, a lot of fossil-fueled power plants are going to shut down. And the ones that stick around are going to invest heavily into carbon capture tech, which is likely to drive power prices up even more. But without that stick, nothing was going to get done on the legacy power fleet as it relates to climate. Watch the news this week as the rulemaking makes headlines. I'm Paul Schuster, and this has been your 8 Minutes.